welcome to the Mission Recovery Podcast. My name is Maruf Ahmed, and I'm the co-founder of Quit Genius, the world's leading digital clinic for substance addictions. I'm going to be speaking to inspiring individuals about their journey to addiction recovery. Recovery should be celebrated, and the goal of Mission Recovery is to break down the stigma surrounding addictions and to empower others to live addiction-free lives. This is Mission Recovery. Welcome to the Mission Recovery Podcast. In the first episode, I'm thrilled to be joined by Adrian Hayden. Adrian is a Quick Genius member and a man of many talents. He's a musician, a voiceover actor, a speaker, and works at a global manufacturing company as a lead supervisor. His story is incredibly moving as he celebrates his 13th year of recovery. Adrian has also started his journey towards a smoke-free life with the Quick Genius Tobacco Programme. Adrian, thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. I'm really glad to be here and I'm happy to share my experience. It's been a great one so far and uh, I can only imagine things will only get better. Amazing. I'm so, so glad to hear and I'm so excited to chat today. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself, Adrian? Well, um, just about to, to turn 40 years old. Uh, so that's an interesting prospect coming up in my life. But for all intents and purposes, I've lived a very normal life if there is such a thing. Raised in a good family, went to good schools and things of that nature. But even with all of that, as I think many people do, we can go down wrong paths from time to time. And probably in my, I'd say, high school years, I was a pretty clean cut kid. Didn't really dabble with drugs and, and not really alcohol that much. But later in life, you know, I, I really got into playing music a lot live. Had a band that I was in for, for many years. And in 2005, I was in a really bad car accident. That was the beginning of the path that I have been down. And it's uh, forever changed my life, but I wouldn't change a thing about it. You know, I kind of started feeling like I didn't want to live that lifestyle anymore. And so I was able to ask for help and reach out. And after a few attempts, um, was successful in, in completing a, a rehab program. And since 2009, I've been on the, the straight and narrow path and was able to kind of pick back up where my career left off all those years ago and have become pretty successful since then. And as you stated, recently started the Quit Genius program. And, and that's kind of what's led me here today. Amazing. No, that's so, so good to hear. And I appreciate you sharing that insight, um, Adrian. And Really, really inspirational story, which we're going to dive into in a bit more detail. Um, So I'd love, if possible, Adrian, to rewind to where it all started. And you mentioned in 2005, that pretty serious and quite scary car accident. Um, Do you mind just telling us a little bit more about that and how that led you down the path of addiction? Sure. At that time, I was working in a a shop for uh, outdoor power equipment and... I was working quite a few hours. And uh, and again, at, at that time, no issues with drugs or alcohol. But one evening, I was on my way home from work and I was tired. And um, I had about a 40-minute drive to work uh, there and back each day. And I had made it all the way, pretty much all the way home. And about 100 yards uh, before my driveway, I passed out. And my vehicle veered off the road 
And unfortunately for me at that time, my foot pressed the accelerator. And the last thing that I remember was waking up about a split second before I hit a massive tree. And um, luckily, the vehicle that I was driving was a pretty stout vehicle. I had taken my seatbelt off. I, I don't know why, but I had. And when I hit the tree, it threw me over the steering wheel. My head went through the windshield and it kind of snapped me back and I was stunned. And so I looked up and what I now know to be steam was rising out of my engine. I thought it was smoke. I thought the vehicle was on fire. So I tried to pull myself out of the vehicle. I, I couldn't open the door. It was crumbled, but my window had broken out. And unfortunately, I didn't realize it at the time, but my legs were pinned against the seat because the dashboard had, had come on and crushed my legs. But I pulled myself out and I landed on the ground and I, I tried to get up and walk away from the scene, but I couldn't. And I now know, you know, that my leg had literally become disconnected, my kneecap. And so at that time, a passerby happened to, to come by and dragged me away from the site. And that's where I uh, waited for paramedics. And of course, they rushed me to the hospital and put my knee back together. Oddly enough, I had no broken bones. It was all tendons. And they actually say that I would have been in much better shape had my leg broken. But from there, that began the, the pain medications and physical therapy and, and all of that sort of stuff. And, and that, was the, that was the very beginning of the path. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that traumatic story. And I'm glad you, you came out the other end in, in a better place. You mentioned right at the end there, it started the path of pain medication. So post being in a pretty bad state with the, with the tendons that you mentioned and, and the pain that you were in, how easy was it to get that initial prescription for pain medication? Of course, when, when I left the hospital, I think everybody would have expected to be on a prescription of pain medicine. But when that medication ran out and I followed up with the same doctor that saw me in the emergency room that night, he immediately referred me to an, another doctor. And when that doctor saw the MRIs and the x-rays and everything, he immediately just gave me a, a giant bottle of pain medication at the time. And there was very little conversation. I think the appointment lasted five minutes. And that's how my life went for about eight months after that. So it was, it was very easy, too easy. Wow. Wow. And you mentioned it was really easy to get that pain medication and then continue to get that pain medication. How did your relationship to that pain medication change from when you first started it to the following months when you continue to take it? Well, I'll be honest with you. And a lot of people may not believe this, or they may think that it's just, you know, my story or whatever, but it's the truth. For a very long time, I took the medication just as it was prescribed. And after the eight months of seeing this doctor, he didn't feel comfortable with, with continuing the, the medication. So what he did was he actually gave me a referral to a, a rehabilitation clinic. Now, this is not a, an addiction 
type rehabilitation. This is a a pain management clinic, essentially. And uh, they put me on very, very powerful medication. And I took it just as it was prescribed. But it would have been probably 2007 or 2008, I lost my job. And when you lose your job, uh, that was right when the economy kind of took a turn for the worse back then. You lose your job, you lose your insurance. And as soon as a doctor finds out that you've lost your insurance, it's amazing how differently they begin to treat you. And essentially, uh, they dropped me on my face and said, sorry, we can't see you anymore. Now, this is after they've gotten me addicted to the most powerful pain medicine on the planet. And that's when everything changed. That's when I was forced to go to the streets and self-medicate. And back then, and, and I'm sure now, buying that kind of medication on the, on the streets is, is very expensive. And so you start to hear things about other drugs that can make you feel better, that are much cheaper. And that is the time that heroin was actually introduced to me. So that's really when things took a, a, a bad turn is at that point. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, I appreciate you you sharing that insight and, and context. And I'm, I'm sorry to hear how left to your own devices, so to speak, as soon as you lost that job. And then, like you said, it sort of spiraled out of control from factors that you couldn't control. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, really sorry to, to hear that, Adrian. I wanted to dive into some of the challenges that you were really facing there and how it then progressed. And then you had to self-medicate. What was the lowest point for you, Adrian? The lowest point for me was I had been kicked out of my apartment. I had sold every item that I owned that was of any value other than my car because I needed the car to be able to be mobile to uh, get the drugs and things that I needed. But I I had literally sold everything that I owned. and, And so one thing that I'm not proud of is that we were a little group, a small group of people, and that's kind of how it turns out sometimes when you meet other people that have the same issues is you learn to work together. And we had learned some ways to to make money that weren't exactly honest. Now, we never harmed anybody or anything like that. It's just, you know, we had figured out a way to work a couple of systems to be able to get some money. And one morning I woke up with three other guys in this van that we're all sweating and just we're sick because we hadn't been able to find the drugs that we needed. And uh, we're all going through withdrawal. And that was the very moment that everything changed. I opened the door to that van and, and I stepped out and I can't explain it, but it was almost like a beam of light came from nowhere and it warmed my body. It warmed my soul. And it caused me to, to look internally and make the, the, the realism or come to the realization that this is not who you are. This is, this is not who you were supposed to be. And you got yourself into this mess and you're going to have to figure out a way to get yourself out of it. But, but that was certainly the, the lowest of the low immediately followed by the guiding light, so to speak. That's what I call it. And that was the day that that everything turned around. And 
Adrian, you, you mentioned this almost like epiphany moment where there was this guiding light and you had this really low like period of time. What then happened beyond that? Did you then go and seek treatment beyond that? Talk to me a little bit about what the next steps were after that. I immediately did the one thing that I knew to do, and that was to call mom. <laughs> and, and I, you know, even today, I, I still get emotional about this because it was such a powerful moment and called my mother who has no clue. She knew something wasn't right with her son, but she has no idea. She's never been exposed to this type of thing ever. And I told her everything right there on the spot. And I could just hear her mind be blown uh, through the other side of the phone. But despite that, she said, you stay put. I'm coming to get you. And, and at that time, I lived about an hour and a half away. And she got in her vehicle and she came to get me. And she made arrangements for me to get some of my things that weren't worth anything, uh, dressers and beds and things like that. And she took me home, back to my hometown, back to her home. And for the next three days, I laid on her couch and I screamed. 24 hours a day. That's the pain that you go through when you begin the withdrawal process. And it was so bad that she had to get another family member to come and sit with me while she went to work every day because she was so afraid that I was going to get up and I was going to get out of there and go get better, you know, go make myself better. And the only way to do that would have been to, to use. And so we went through that three or four days until finally we both got to the point where we, we just couldn't stand it anymore. And so that's when we started looking for professional help. And we found this really nice inpatient, outpatient facility about an hour and a half away from home. And they accepted me right off the bat. Uh, we drove up there and I literally laid in the floor of their waiting room while she did all the paperwork and got me checked in. And I saw the doctor and, and of course they got me hooked up with a counselor. And then over the next three years, I went to this facility and I had to, I had to go every day. That was the rules. If, if you broke the rules, you're out. So it took a lot of strength and, and dedication. And uh, I'll be honest, at the beginning, they used also a replacement therapy. And I tell everybody today, you know, everybody hears the word methadone and they automatically think, oh, you know, oh, here we go. Here's another junkie, you know, one methadone. And that may be true if you go to a place that doesn't require you to work a program, doesn't require you to see a counselor, any, any of that kind of stuff. But this place was not like that. You had to work their program. And it saved my life. There is no questions, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That place, that program, it saved my life. And from there, I still, you know, even today, go to go to meetings and, and I stay connected with a counselor and, and all of that sort of thing. And that's what it takes. That's what it takes. Because the success rate, and, and I'm sure a lot of people will know this, but, but, but not everyone, the success rate of, of coming off of heroin is extremely low. And that's because people get on a replacement therapy drug and never get off of it, or they don't work a program. And eventually you, you give up and, and you go back to what you know. In my case, I, I just refused to do that. 
I refused to go back. So I have been living with the fact that, you know, I'm a recovering addict. I always will be. Certainly, I'm, I'm not living in a life of addiction any longer, but I'll always have to keep that in mind. And I can't ever let up because the disease of addiction is baffling and cunning. It waits until you're confident in yourself. It waits until you think, oh, I'm, I'm good to go. And that is when it starts to try to creep back into your life. And for a lot of people, it works. They, they end up back in the streets. But as long as you keep that in mind and you continue to work some type of a program, talk to somebody, you're going to keep that disease off of your shoulders and, and it won't stand a chance. Well, well, first of all, Adrian, what an amazing mother you have to help support you in like the time of most need, right? And uh, huge props and kudos to her for doing everything that she did. Yeah, that's an amazing story. And what an amazing outcome off the back of that, right? 13 years sober now from the low point that you've just described is, is amazing, is, is inspirational, Adrian. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. So in essence, the question is around what you're currently doing to maintain a sober state. So to be honest with you, many people that I met through my journey, you know, they were very religious. And they used their religion to gain power. And I didn't feel that way at that time. And I certainly believe in a higher power and all of that. And it's only been in the past few years that I've really begun to search my inner self because I know that this is always going to be part of my journey. And I know that. I will always need new tools for my toolbox of recovery. And so over the past few years, I've, I've really begun to search for where I get my power from. What is my higher power? Who is it? And I've really begun to delve into religion and I guess strengthened my religion because I've, I've always been a, a Christian, but maybe not a good Christian. But certainly uh, in the past few years, that has become one of my tools because, you know, there's a lot of power in prayer. And besides that, I still gather with a lot of people who struggle just like I do. And I, I still struggle. I mean, it, it, as I've said, there's no delusion that, that one day I'm just going to be okay. I'm just going to be a normal person. It's taken a lot for me to understand that truly. But there's patterns that an addict goes through. And if the addict isn't careful, they can be drugged right back down into the depths of addiction. And so today, as I said, I pray a lot and I surround myself with positive people who live healthy lifestyles. And I go to meetings. And one of the things that I find the most power in is doing what we're doing right here. I love to tell my story. And it's not from a bragging perspective or being conceited or, or anything like that. I truly want to tell my story because I want to help other people. I've seen so many people fail at getting clean and, and staying clean. 
And I've lost so many friends to this disease, especially in the past maybe seven years with um, fentanyl being introduced at such a, a normal rate. It's really sad to get as many phone calls as I do about friends who have, have passed away because they've given up or they've lost their way in their journey. And so to me, if I can share my story and I can show people that it's possible, it's not only possible, but it's very easy if you work a program, if you stay motivated and from there, you can be very successful. I have a great job. I uh, have a career that still has lots of room for growth. And yet I am an active, you know, or I, I am in recovery and, and I always will be, but that doesn't ever stop me from achieving the goals that I want to achieve. And so I want to tell people about that. I want for people to know that they have far more power inside of them than the disease of addiction ever had. They've just got to let that power out. That's amazing. And thank you so much for, for sharing that, Adrian. And I love how you speak about sharing your story, right? And it's a, a lot of courage that's required to share that story, opening up, being vulnerable. So huge props and kudos to you for doing so because it has an immeasurable impact on, on other folks, on raising awareness, on people that might be suffering out there that you know might relate to your story as well. And by relating to your story, hopefully helping them as well overcome their addiction. So I appreciate you so much for, for sharing that story and also being public about sharing your story. Adrian. Thank you for letting me. Absolutely, absolutely. And and, and it's interesting you also said that you're you're always uh, finding new ways to continue to recover and, and help support yourself. And, and one such uh, method that we discussed at the top of this episode is you recently started your journey on quitting tobacco through Quit Genius. So tell me a little bit more about your experience with Quit Genius, Adrian. So I think it's important to mention that again, being addicted to any substance is just like being addicted to to another. And I will admit that cigarettes and nicotine have certainly been a crutch in my life. Throughout my entire recovery uh, program, there's always been this nagging thought that yeah, yeah, you know, you're you've recovered from the big one, you know, you've you've gotten clean and and you've stayed clean, but you know, you still rely on those darn cigarettes. And so it's something that, especially over the past year, I've really been thinking about and wanting to do something about. I've tried quitting smoking so many times. I've been on certain replacement therapies, gum, the patches, you buy the tapes or the these days CDs or you download the little motivational speakers and it might work for a week or so. But only recently have I also given thought to the fact that there's so many other things that I could be doing, not just in the time that I'm spending smoking cigarettes, but the money. It's, it's just so expensive. And so 
last year when it came time for, you know, our open enrollment and things like that. And, you, you know, you start realizing, hey, the company's even charging you to smoke cigarettes because you're making their health insurance more expensive. And I was introduced to Quit Genius. And that was such a cool concept to me because it was very familiar. It was, okay, you're not just going to have nicotine replacement, but you're going to have a coach. You're going to have a program and hey, you're pretty good at working programs. So, so let's give this a shot. And so I did. And, you know, I met my, my quit genius coach and uh, she's been great. And she and I began to formulate a plan. And I shared with her everything that I've tried in the past, tried the patches, I've tried the gum, you know, that and the other. And her thought was, okay, well, why didn't those work? Well, the gum doesn't work because you chew the gum and when you're finished, it might last a little while, but then you want to chew another piece. And then, and then it's turning into just another physical habit. The patches don't work because you put a patch on in the morning and then you, you don't have any kind of a, a physical to, to satisfy yourself. And so her idea was, well, let's try both. You know, let's, let's put you on a patch and give you the gum so that the nicotine lasts you all day. And yet you still have that oral fixation and physical fixation that you can have that, uh, you know, kind of satisfies that need, say, after a meeting or after a long day of work. And that seemed like such a great idea. And so that's what, that's what I've been doing. And the other great part about it was that not only did I have the replacement, I had a coach, but then there's also the app and the app teaches you all these things that you never knew about what your brain is doing and, and why cigarettes are so attractive to you and how it's really not true that, that they relieve stress. They only relieve stress because you created that stress by starting to smoke and your receptors, which of course I'm very familiar with and very interested in because of my other journey. So all of these things combined have just really allowed me to get in tune once again with that side of me that needs to power through and needs to find that strength to give these dang things up. And it's been pretty successful. And I, I cannot say that I'm 100% smoke-free yet. And I, I don't want to give that vibe. I, I don't want anybody to think that that's what I'm trying to say. But I have every bit of faith that that time is coming and it's coming very soon because it has allowed me to get rid of the majority of the cigarettes that I smoke. It's broken my pattern of smoking. And those are the keys. Those are the things that make it so difficult to quit smoking because you associate that cigarette with something else that you've done in your day. And when you can break that pattern and stay off of that pattern, giving them up completely is definitely going to be an achievable goal that I'm going to meet very soon. That's amazing to hear, Adrian. It's so, so good to hear the positive experience that you've had with the program. And also so good to hear that you're nearly there, that your, your journey towards a smoke-free life is nearly there. And it's now that achievable goal. 
ahead of you from what what seemed like probably a, a very very difficult goal a couple of years back. Um, so definitely appreciate you sharing that that context, Adrian. I'd love to dive into, you mentioned you had the open enrollment and then signed up to Quit Genius Program. Tell me a little bit more about how you found out about the Quit Genius Program. Every year when we have open enrollment, obviously our benefits and compensation department send us out information. We have virtual meetings where you get to ask questions and all of that sort of stuff. And part of their presentation is talking about Quit Genius. And they tell you about the benefits. They tell you about all of the things that this will help you with as far as, hey, right now you're paying this much for insurance. And and if you can successfully complete this program, you'll be able to save that money. And, you know, they just, they go through it and really sell it to you, I guess, so to speak. And at first I heard it, I listened to it. It sounded great, but that was still at a time when I felt like Quitting smoking was uh, an impossible thing to do. And it, it was very strange because just a couple of days later, it was followed up by an email and it was from Quit Genius. And it just, no pressure really. It just, it was an outline of, hey, if you're ever interested, here you go. You know, here's, here's what we can offer you. And it triggered, just kind of triggered something in me that, that said, you know what, let's, let's give this a try. And from there, all I did, it was very, so simple to get started. I responded to the email in that same day, they had me download the app. They had me set up my uh, profile, which was super quick. And then the next thing I know, I'm receiving a message from my quick coach and she set up a, a meeting with me to just talk and find out, you know, all about me and, and what I needed. And from there, we just kind of jumped off and, and got into everything. And, and it was very, very simple and just smooth. I, that's what I liked about it. That's so, so good to hear, Adrian. And you talked about your, your quick genius coach. How has she, she helped you in your journey? Well, here's the thing about addiction. Addiction can be uh, extremely easy to, to hide from others. Now, I'm not saying that everybody can hide it from everybody or anything like that. But myself, I'm a, I'm a single guy, don't have a family of my own up to this point. And so it would be really easy for me to do just about anything and not tell anybody about it. But when you meet your quick coach and you see how dedicated they are to your cause, it feels like somebody that you really need to be honest with. And by being honest with your coach, you're being honest with yourself. And so many of us have this, this uncanny ability to justify everything that we do. And when you're talking to your quick coach, it's not quite as easy to, to justify those things. And, you know, she's just there supporting you and making you feel like she's right there with you through the whole journey. And it just gives you this sense of a camaraderie between you and your coach to where you don't want to lie. You, you don't want to let them down. You want to keep going. You want to, you know, you want to share those positive things with your coach. And it's exactly like any other program that you go through where 
you're being held accountable. And and it's that's what we need as as addicts. We need to be held accountable. And there's no high pressure or anything like that. She would never say anything to make me feel bad for if if I did say, well, you know, I had a cigarette today. It's always positive. It's always, hey, it's okay. You smoked one cigarette, big deal. You're still on your journey. This doesn't change anything. We're going to keep on going and and don't get down on yourself for it. It's all right. That's such an important part of this whole thing. And I just, I can't say enough about the program or my coach. Uh, I can't put it into words because it's just, it's so important and has been uh, such an amazing experience. That's so, so good to hear and uh, honestly touches my heart as well, Adrian, because, you know, this was a a vision three or four years ago when we started Quit Genius and just hearing stories like yourself and uh, the experience that you've had and uh, the impact that that's had on you is just so, so rewarding to hear. So I appreciate you you sharing that that context there as well. Absolutely. Just one final question on the, the Quit Genius program. What do you like about the Quit Genius program? There's so many things that I like. I like the comprehensiveness of the program. It's not pushing you in one direction or another. It's not leaving you to your own devices in order to have to do this on your own. You're really covered from all aspects of what you need from a support aspect. You've got uh, the the replacement therapy to assist you with the physical things that you may go through. And of course, the plan there is to, to start at a level and to be able to work yourself down at your own speed to get off of nicotine. That takes care of the physical aspect. And then obviously there's the psychological aspect. And that is having a coach, having a team, because I'll tell you this, there's been a few times where my coach has been out of town or on vacation or something like that. And she doesn't say, hey, you're on your own for a week. No, she says, hey, if you need to talk, if you have an emergency, this is who you're going to reach out to. You know, this is this is what you need to do. And having the coach, having the team and having the entire support system around you really gives you this comfort that you need when you're going through something like this, because I don't care if it's heroin withdrawal or or alcohol withdrawal or or nicotine withdrawal. It's not fun either way. And having that support behind you is what you need to be successful. And then, of course, on top of all of that, you've got the knowledge uh, support there that's teaching you all of these things to help you understand why this is happening why you feel like you need to have a cigarette and why you really don't need to have a cigarette. And those things combined offer a full package that just allows someone to work at their own speed. And hey, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you right now, I had quit smoking on the program and I fell off. I started smoking full time again at the very beginning. and my coach never gave up on me. I I just was able to restart the program. We just started from the top. Now, we didn't have to start from the top. We could have kept going, but 
the plan that we came up with was to, hey, let's just start you from the top again. Let's get you back into that higher level of, of replacement. And so it's it's with all of those things that, to my knowledge, no other program out there can truly say that they can offer. And so I know that's a really long answer to the question that you asked, but I want people to know that this is the real deal. This is something different. This is what you need to help you on your journey. No, I appreciate you sharing that, that Adrian. And it's so, so good to hear those positive words, especially on the care team who are really there to support you, to keep you accountable, to be that helping guide every step of the way. So it's so, so great to hear that that's been so successful um, in, in your case, Adrian. Uh, two final questions and then and then we'll wrap up today, Adrian. Uh, the, the first I have is, so what does your life look like now, Adrian? You're now 13 years sober. How has being sober impacted your life? And tell me a little bit about what your life looks like now. It's one thing that you learn when you when you go into addiction, and, and there there are differing opinions on this, but a lot of people say that you are the same age when you come out of addiction that you were when you went in. And I think that that's so true because when I went into addiction, I was in my early 20s, still just ready to go out and party and all of that sort of stuff. And when I came out, mentally, I was still kind of in that mode. And I hadn't matured in the way that my friends who who don't battle addiction had matured. And uh, it was even hard to communicate with them sometimes because I just couldn't relate with, you know, oh, you know, I've got to pick up the kids and this and that and the other. And it's just kind of like, oh, well, I don't have kids, so uh, I don't know what that's like. But since coming out of addiction, I've had to grow up. I've, I've had to mature and not having that oppressive weight sitting on my shoulders, it's allowed me to do that. It's allowed me not only to stand up, brush myself off and continue along my journey of life, but it's allowed me to blossom. It's allowed me to flourish. And so today I can honestly say, and and I want to just also hit the point that I wouldn't change a single thing about my life. I wouldn't go back and not do the things that I did because Honestly, addiction made me who I am today. And I like who I am today. And I can't always say that. I I was sometimes socially awkward when I was younger. And today I have a much easier time communicating in in large groups and and things of that nature. But it's truly bent and melded and formed me into this very strong individual who can truly handle a lot. And it's great because it allows me to handle the stress of my job, the stress of life. I've, I have a great house, nice car. Not that those things matter, but they really are a testament to how far I've come. I didn't feel the need to have those things, but to have a nicer vehicle that you don't always have to worry about maintenance and if it's going to break down and, and things of that nature. It's a stress reliever. And had I not gone through the things that I went through, I truly don't believe that I would have pushed forward to become who I am today. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I think a, a similar motto to, to what I follow in my life of living a life of no regrets, right? And everything happens for a reason. And like you said, it shapes who you are today, uh, a very inspirational man with a very inspirational story. So appreciate you, you sharing that. Just one final question on, on my end, uh, Adrian. I think the, the listeners would, would love to hear this as well. There are, there are many folks out there that are still suffering from, from addiction. Uh, and that haven't had the pleasure of being many years sober. What advice do you have for them? This is a difficult question, and and it not not because I don't have an answer, or, or not because I can't come up with an answer, but because of the reality of addiction. And there are so many families who struggle with having someone in an active addiction and they want nothing more than their loved one to to wake up one day and have the experience that I had and the the problem and the sad part about it is that it does often take someone reaching their absolute rock bottom before they choose to do something about it and and to ask for that help but what I, I would say to anybody who's living in active addiction is you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait until you hit rock bottom. Don't wait for your best friend to die. Don't wait until you're out of money. You've lost everything that you had. Because the reality is, is that the help that you would receive when you reach that point is available right now. It's available today. And I know that anybody that's out there who has an addiction to any substance, I don't care what it is, you're not happy. You want to live a better life. You just don't know how to do it. And the first step that you have to remember, and I'm not talking about the steps of, of recovery. I'm talking about the steps even to get to that point is reach out and ask for help. Don't push it away. There are facilities across this country who want nothing more than to help you get to where I am today. And it doesn't have to be after some catastrophic issue in your life has occurred. You can do it right now. Thank you, Adrian. Really, really powerful words incredibly powerful story that that you've shared with us today with the more that you share the the it's the more the more inspired i am so thank you so much for that and thank you for joining me today adrian i've really enjoyed every moment of this and i'm sure all the listeners will too and i, I appreciate you opening up and and sharing your story adrian yeah absolutely and and i can't tell you how much i appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share that story and it means a lot to me and it's been something that I've been looking forward to and is little do you maybe know, but just sitting here for the the past time that we've been talking, I mean, it, it really gives me energy. It gives me hope. It gives me, you know, joy. And, and I, I truly hope that if we can reach one person and make them feel like it's okay to reach out and get help, man, that's all I could ever ask for. So, so thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Adrian. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and thank you for tuning in. You can find out more about Quit Genius on quitgenius.com and the podcast on missionrecoverypodcast.com. If you've enjoyed our content, I'd really appreciate if you could subscribe and consider leaving us a review. 
Thank you.